Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, do you need a side hustle just to make ends meet? In a new bank rate survey, two in five adults say they do, and what may be even more disheartening is that nearly half believe they always will. We'll break down the numbers. Also this morning, sure, we're all ready and excited for the start of the summer season, but let's first take time to remember what Memorial Day weekend is really all about. And we have some perfect recipes for your Memorial Day weekend party or any summertime gathering from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, May 26th, 2023. For everyone who is up early... Uh, with us here this morning, getting your day started. Congratulations. A new study out of the University of Warsaw has found that early risers are more likely to be more religious than our night owls. Hmm. Uh, those who woke up earlier in the day also felt higher life satisfaction. Researchers surveyed about 1,200 individuals, evaluating if they preferred mornings Uh, how satisfied they were with their life and their religious beliefs. And the study authors concluded that morning-oriented individuals may benefit from higher psychological well-being thanks to both personality characteristics and attitudes toward, uh, toward religion. So it is a divine sign to get up early in the morning. There you go. So if you are traveling at uh, Memorial Day weekend coming up, a lot of people are traveling. 42 million is the estimate from AAA. And they say that uh, air travel is back to pre-pandemic levels. So I will find out uh, and report back because uh, I am flying out uh, this evening. So we'll see what the I'm fully anticipating just a nightmare at the airport. But uh, in any uh, event, if you are catching a flight for the long weekend, be sure to pack your patience next to your swim trunks. The, uh, the Federal Aviation Administration actually says yesterday was the busiest travel day of the holiday period. So yesterday was getaway day for a lot of folks. Some 51,194 flights expected to whisk work-weary folks to vacation yesterday. That's a lot of flights, 51,000-plus flights yesterday alone. Uh, FAA reminding people to check their flight status before they leave home. And some other tips to try to make things go a little smoother, not just for the holiday weekend, but uh, certainly for the entire summer season. Uh, Let's see here. Some of the tips uh, talk about how to track your flight, what you can and can't take on an airplane. You'll want to double-check that. Especially if you're not a frequent traveler and go through so you don't get hung up in security. Nobody wants that. And uh, they also have on their website uh, advice on how to, f- how to travel with kids, how to best fly with kids. And uh, the FAA website also notes, remember, there is a zero tolerance policy against unruly airline passengers in the wake of recent troubling incidents. So make sure that your aggression is securely stowed in the overhead compartment <laughs> for the duration of your flight. So just a couple of uh, reminders. That was interesting. Uh, actually, yesterday, the biggest 
uh, flight day of the uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Speaking of travel, this was just a stunning survey uh, to me. Uh, According to this survey of individuals between the ages of 18 to 34, Gen Zers, 47%, nearly half of all Gen Z workers said that they would quit a job that didn't let them take an unforgettable trip. So they had the opportunity to go on some bucket list type of trip and the job said, no, we can't give you that much time off. They would quit. Hmm. Paul also said travelers will take an average of 45 photos and 15 videos uh, on a trip. 45% of those in the survey said spending time with people physically on vacation is more important now than ever. And some of the things they look most forward to with respect to travel, uh, watching the sunrise or sunset or both, uh, a funny event that becomes a running joke, And doing something outside your comfort zone. Some of the things they look most forward to when traveling. Wow, nearly half of Gen Zers, 47%, would quit a job. They couldn't take a vacation. That's Uh, So what's the other thing that comes along with summer? Bugs, right? Mosquito season right around the corner. And the pest control company Orkin is out with its annual list of the 50 worst cities in the U.S. for mosquitoes. And this is a ranking based on their list of areas where the most mosquito control services have been performed over the past year. And they put these lists out for all kinds of pests, but heading into the summer season, it's specifically mosquitoes in the spotlight. And I thought this was kind of interesting. The number one city on the list Uh, Worst city for mosquitoes, Los Angeles. And they say it's because of the record rains that they have had over the past several months. It's been very wet. And that, of course, is the perfect condition for breeding of mosquitoes. And so L.A., uh, number one on the worst mosquitoes list this year. Chicago and New York, numbers two and three. Cleveland is number 18 on their list. That is down five spots from last year. It's kind of interesting. And Columbus is down six places to number 27. So the worst places in the country for mosquitoes. Uh, Let's see. Hey, did you hear about this? Among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, the Brady Bunch house is for sale again. It's true. You remember a few years ago, HGTV outbid a number of other potential buyers to scoop up the home at 11222 Dilling Street in Studio City, California, one of the most famous homes uh, in America, the Brady Bunch home. Uh, That was the house that was used for the exterior shots of the classic TV series. And after purchasing it for $3.5 million, they extensively renovated the interior to make it look inside like the Brady Bunch house, because it never did. It was the shot, it was the uh, home that they used for the exterior shots, but of course the interior of the home uh, was a soundstage, um, just a, a TV set, and so they went in and made it look like it's supposed to look like, <laughs> being such a uh, 
They called it a very Brady renovation. It aired on HGTV back in 2018, 2019. You remember that show? Um, so now that they've gotten everything out of it that they wanted to get out of it, they're going to put it back on the market. Now, remember, they bought it for $3.5 million back in 2018. The network has now placed it on the market for a cool $5.5 million. So for $5.5 million, you got $5.5 million in your pocket, burning a hole, and you've ever wanted to own the Brady Bunch house, this is your opportunity. Remember, the Brady kids were all involved in the renovation, if you saw the show. Um According to the listing, the five-bedroom, five-bath, 5,100-square-foot residence is a lifetime opportunity to own one of the most iconic single-family residences in the world. And by the way, I believe all of the furnishings that they put in the house to make it look exactly like it did in the TV show uh, and, and everything that they have done, that goes along with the house. So you get it all. The bright orange Formica kitchen counters, the blue bunk beds in the boys' room, the pink twin beds in the girls' room, and, of course, the groovy attic, which is not actually in the attic, (laughs) but it's made to look like it. Um, The possibilities are endless, the listing says. And, um, by the way, HGTV planning to use a portion of the proceeds from the sale to help provide up to 250,000 meals for Turn Up Fight Hunger, an initiative that benefits the food insecure through No Kid Hungry. So, uh, the listing doesn't say this, but you are not allowed to play ball in the house. That's <clears throat> the headline. I thought the, the funny thing on the uh, newswire, the headline of that story, uh, instead of Marsha, 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 it said mortgage, mortgage, mortgage. So. Five and a half million dollars. We'll see who ends up with the Brady Bunch house. And uh, finally, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. This is a follow-up to the story that we had, I think, uh, last week. We were talking about this. Taco John's, apparently, uh, they've they've made their response to Taco Bell's effort to um, strip them of their trademark on the term Taco Tuesday. You remember the story that we had? Taco Bell is uh, fighting the Taco John's chain because Taco John's owns the trademark on the term Taco Tuesday. Um, and they want to strip them of that uh, copyright and put that into the public domain so anyone can use it. And uh, the Wyoming based Taco John's chain has responded. Uh, saying that they have no intention of surrendering their trademark. As a matter of fact, Taco John's is running a special Taco Tuesday deal that has seen an increase in sales and traffic since Taco Bell started the crusade. So it's actually helping Taco John's. The CEO of Taco John's, Barry Westrom, says he cannot imagine the chain giving up the trademark anytime soon. Quote, We feel obligated to defend it for our franchisees and our fans who have come to expect great deals every Tuesday for the last 34 years, unquote. So don't look for Taco John's to go down without a fight. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. 
WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly sunny today with a high around 70, just a few clouds tonight, a low in the mid-40s. Finley's annual Memorial Day Parade is coming up on Monday. Bill Johns, president of the Hancock County Veterans Council, hopes to see everybody there. We wish everybody would show up that could. We're memorializing the people that we've lost as veterans, and we'd just love to have everybody come out and show up. Bill says, as usual, the bridge ceremony will take place at 9 and the parade will kick off at 10. We'll have a good mix of vehicles and military vehicles, cars. Uh, We've got veterans from all the different wars and organizations that will be in the parade, plus a lot of private individuals that just want to recognize our veterans. New this year, the Hancock County TAPS program will hold a ceremony at the Hancock County War Memorial after the bridge ceremony. Get more on the Memorial Day parade on the website. Ohio State Highway Patrol wants everybody to be safe on the roadways over the busy Memorial Day weekend. We spoke with a lieutenant who says three things are key. First, wearing a seatbelt. Second, getting a designated driver and not driving impaired. Third, report the risk you see on the road. We would rather investigate it and it turn out to be nothing than for you not to make that call and then something bad happened as a result of that driver being on the roadway. The number you call if you spot a driver who may be impaired is pound 677. That will connect you to the nearest highway patrol post. I'm Yolanda Harris. This is how the final day of school sounded at Finley's Chamberlain Hill Elementary. The third and fourth graders lined the halls and cheered, clapped, and high-fived the fifth graders as they walked by. Principal Misty Sager says a clap out is a nice way to celebrate the fifth graders as they move on to middle school. Last day of school is always very emotional. It's exciting, but it's also um, very bittersweet. Um, Students have shed some tears as well as parents and um, even us staff members. I know I've shed tears about three times today. And you can see some video of Chamberlain Hill's clap out with this story on our website. Finley High School's graduation is this weekend. The graduation ceremony will be held on Saturday morning at 10 at the University of Finley Kaler Fitness and Recreation Complex. The school district says this is a special class that has worked very hard academically, athletically, and musically throughout their high school career. Get more details on the Finley High School graduation ceremony coming up this weekend with this story on our website. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So you remember yesterday we were talking about how much we spend on our monthly expenses and the fact that when you total up the regular bills, turns out folks locally on average are spending considerably less than many other places, certainly less than the national average. But of course, all of that is relative and it's not much comfort if you have to take on a side hustle just to make ends meet. Well, a new bank rate survey finds nearly two in five adults do and nearly half believe they always will. Bankrate senior industry analyst Ted Rossman joins us once again to break down the numbers here. Now, Ted, first of all, these are the overall numbers. They do vary by age. Yes, some big differences by age. We found that 53% of Gen Zers and 50% of millennials have a side hustle. That compares with just 40% of Gen Xers and 24% of boomers. A related finding that I thought was interesting was that In years past, boomers tended to have the most lucrative side hustles. They've Mm -hmm. never been the most likely to have one, but when they do, it tended to be higher paying. That has changed. Right now, millennials make the most from their side hustles, about $1,000 a month on average. Hmm. 
I, I did think that that was uh, interesting as well, that they can be quite lucrative. I mean, we're talking 800. I think the average uh, of all age groups is like 800 a month. And the reason that they need the extra money also varies. It's not always just to make ends meet. The primary reason is to make ends meet, but there are some differences, like you said, from different demographics. Um, women, for example, are much more likely than men to say it's for day-to-day expenses. Men are actually more likely to put the extra money into savings. Unfortunately, the gender pay gap does seem to extend to side hustles because the average male side hustler is bringing in about a thousand bucks a month. For women, it's just 600. So that may help to explain what the money is going mm. for. Um, overall, I think there's a pretty strong inflation reading on this data, which is that as the cost of living has gone up, more people are side hustling and they're more apt to use this money for day-to-day expenses. Yeah. Uh, well, all of that really kind of speaks to the very first question that popped into my mind when I saw this survey, which is how many people with side hustles need them to survive because they are underemployed or underpaid in their main job? And how many are supporting a lifestyle where they're trying to live beyond their means or live better than they would be able to otherwise. We found that 33% of side hustlers are mostly using this extra income just for daily living expenses. 27% are using it for discretionary spending. About a quarter are putting the money into savings. 12% are using it to pay down debt. 3% said something else. Um, So it is pretty split, but I do think as inflation has gone up, we've seen an increasing number of people side hustling just to get by. Yeah. And this is despite a strong job market. The unemployment rate is the lowest it's been in a half century. So I do kind of wonder if we spin this forward a bit, what happens if and when that unemployment rate goes up? You know, does that mean more people need to side hustle or isn't it kind of alarming that even in a strong job market, this many people are saying one income stream is just not enough. I think that speaks to that rising cost of living. Yeah. How new is this trend though, really? I mean, people have been moonlighting for years. We have this fancy new name for it now, but it's really not all that different than what people have been doing for generations. You're right. In some respects, it is a time-honored tradition, maybe by a different name. I do think it's risen in recent years, though. Our data goes back to 2017, and we've seen a big jump since then. Back then, 19% of U.S. adults said they had a side hustle. Right now, it's 39%. I think technology fits into this as well. It's easier than ever to do a home-based side hustle, some sort of internet or app-based business. I I think that could be fitting into this. Um, We found that the most common side hustles for women are crafts, which often can have an online component Mm -hmm. for the sales um, and childcare. And then for men, it's landscaping and home repair. There's a, A lot of variability, though. Like, those were the most common, but Mm -hmm. even those were by no means a a distinct majority. There's there's a pretty good spread. Uh, One thing that does seem to be different now than in generations past, and I say this just anecdotally from my own uh, experience and, and from those that I talk to, is that more employers seem to be okay with this, or or at least are tolerant of it. Uh, again, it used to be, generations ago, if you were caught moonlighting, you could be putting your main job in jeopardy. 
I think that's a really interesting part of this. You know, I, I think that most employers would not want you to be side hustling on their time. Sure. But if you're doing this outside of work hours, I think you're right that there is more widespread acceptance. Uh, some people are definitely being a little sneaky and, and doubling up on mm-hmm. the clock there. Um, you know, I think there's also something to be said here about wages because um, we see this with tipping as right. well. A lot of companies are looking to push the burden elsewhere. So like with tipping, they want customers to make up the difference. They don't want to pay their workers more. I kind of wonder if this side hustle craze is part of this it's as the well. same thing. Yeah. It, it, it's a bit of a chicken or the egg kind of thing. You know, if the company's paid more, maybe their workers wouldn't need a side hustle. But right. Because they don't want to pay more, maybe they have to be more accepting of it. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch. Well, and that uh, speaks to the real eye-opener here, of course, for me, is in that question about how many people believe that they will always need a side hustle. I think that's pretty alarming, that that number is 44%. So that shows that a lot of people feel that this is going to be the reality for the foreseeable future. I also think that the nature of work has changed. There's a lot of people who are cobbling together multiple gigs, maybe even being a full-time gig worker or freelancer. I have to wonder if some of that is not fully captured by the traditional employment metrics, because Mm -hmm. even though we hear that the labor force participation rate is still below pre-pandemic levels, I just wonder if there are some people that are not fully captured by those numbers because they're off working for themselves or or cobbling together a few side gigs. Well, and and beyond just the economic implications uh, of that, uh, to me, as someone who has multiple streams of income myself, this is kind of concerning because there will most likely come a time where you get to the point where you don't want to be working uh, multiple jobs. You don't want to be working all the time anymore. And if you always need that side hustle, is that going to be something that you can just walk away from? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, more people are doing the kind of semi-retirement thing. So maybe that's an option that people can scale back, even if they're not leaving the workforce entirely. But I think you're right that this is straining people, not just financially, but emotionally and mentally as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did a recent study. We found 52% of people said that money is negatively impacting their mental health. And you could picture, you know, somebody who's got multiple jobs going on. There's not a lot of time for rest and relaxation and family time. And I think there's a cumulative effect to all this. Yeah. Uh, Burnout is a real thing. And that uh, work-life balance is uh, definitely a real thing. So really some interesting data here. Again, Ted Rossman is bank rate senior industry analyst. Uh, We've got the uh, link up uh, on our website for more information about this study, and you can see how much you see of yourself in that. Ted, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. So, of course, Memorial Day weekend, we're all ready and excited for the start of the summer season. And we get caught up in all of that. But it is important to take some time and remember what Memorial Day weekend is really all about. Hancock County Veteran Service Officer Nicole Coleman is with us on the line this morning. And Nicole, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. Uh, This is specifically, and we mentioned this uh, before, uh, the idea of Memorial Day uh, is not 
to salute those who are currently serving, to salute those uh, veterans, uh, although we thank them all the time. But they have their their own special days. This is specifically to honor those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. Correct. And it is, um, it is very important to veterans that people who are thanking them for their service remember that. Yeah. Um, because a lot of us have experienced loss, um, you know, have lost friends in battles. And so it's, it's almost uh, sad yeah. if someone says happy Memorial Day to us and thank you for your service. Right. Um, you know, so I'm not telling people not to say that, but just uh, maybe yeah. happy Memorial Day. And I want you to know, I remember that we mm-hmm. celebrate this day to honor those who paid the ultimate price. Yeah, I, I know for a lot of veterans, uh, they're sometimes uncomfortable, even on Veterans Day, uh, to be the subject of, of all of that attention, but especially so on Memorial Day. So it is important right up front that we uh, emphasize what the day is all about. And for a veteran, uh, this is uh, almost a sacred day. Very, very sacred. And I think, you know, one of the things that, uh, that people can do is say, are there specific people on your mind that you are honoring today? Mm-hmm. Um, because that gives us an opportunity to talk about the happy and good memories we have of those, those that we've lost. And keeping in mind that this isn't just for veterans. This is for the nation as a whole because the siblings and the parents and the children of those who gave the ultimate price who may not be veterans are also honoring their loved ones on this on this special day. Yeah, that is a, a good point. And let's not forget that uh, when we honor those who have sacrificed, those families uh, also uh, have a very emotional connection to this day as well. So with all of that in mind, there are a number of things going on uh, in connection with uh, Memorial Day. Uh, I know that uh, there are a lot of parades and, and ceremonies uh, in a number of communities, Finland and elsewhere yeah so finley has a parade downtown that starts at 10 a.m they have a bridge ceremony that is uh beautiful and very meaningful that happens at 9 a.m on monday um at the bridge that goes over the blanchard river on main street Mm -hmm. and uh this year there also is an extra extra ceremony that is happening immediately following the bridge ceremony down at the war memorial at the intersection of center and main street. And that is to uh, kick off or launch the Hancock County taps program, which this year's Hancock leadership class uh, pulled together. Uh, Carl Hazlett is the uh, founder of the program. And this is to help work with the Memorial Squad to provide a live rendition of TAPS at uh, cemeteries for those who have, uh, those veterans who have passed away. By the way, um, how cool, how cool is that? I mean, I, for the uh, veteran community, I uh, had to be really touched when that project was announced as this year's uh, Hancock Leadership Project. Uh, 
I was beside myself excited. You know, the Hancock County Memorial Squad has done such an amazing job and will continue to do an amazing job. Um, but I'm really excited that this gives uh, people who, who aren't veterans who play the trumpet or bugle an opportunity to participate in honoring those yeah. veterans and gives the family the opportunity uh, to request a live uh, rendition. Now, obviously, the Memorial Squad has a beautiful uh, bugle, ceremonial bugle that has a recording in it. So taps will continue to be played at every uh, every veteran's funeral that requests it in Hancock County, regardless of whether there's a live bugler available or not. But it is incredible. Um, I don't know if you've, you know, for those people who have heard the recording versus um, mm -hmm. a live rendition, yeah. there is something extra emotional. Yeah. Because you can almost hear the emotion of the musician as they're playing it. Absolutely. Um, and so for me, that's why I I personally was very excited um, about Carl's vision to bring this to our community. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, I got a sidetrack. No, so I'm that's, very excited that's about fine. the task yeah, project. No, that's absolutely yeah. very deserving so, to recognize that. Yeah, so I anticipate that that ceremony will happen at the memorial probably about 9, 10, 9, 15, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. um, then the parade in Finley is at 10 and will go from main on Main Street from Front Street to the uh, no, Main Cross and then out to Maple Grove. And they will have a memorial service, a brief memorial service at Maple Grove at the War Memorial. And then um, Macomb also has a parade. I believe it starts at 10. Mm -hmm. And there's also end at their uh, cemetery with a memorial service. There's and then Arlington. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna. I was gonna mention that Arlington uh, doing a ceremony at uh, their cemetery. Van Buren also uh, during a uh, doing Correct. a uh, ceremony at the uh, cemetery as well. So many uh, area communities are uh, involved in that. Also, want to mention uh, there is a fundraiser for the Guitars for Vets uh, program happening tomorrow at. Um, uh well it is the uh, false cord brewery false right cord. yeah okay yes. yes thank you so much for mentioning that so guitars for vets has been an incredible program in our community um huge shout out to paul lilly who brought the idea to me it's a national guitars for vets is a national program and uh, provides 10 free guitar lessons for uh, veterans, and then once they graduate, meaning they've completed those 10 lessons, then they get, excuse me, then they get uh, a brand new guitar gifted to them, and then they become a, a part of this network of veterans that they can connect to one another. So uh, there is a fundraiser that False Court is doing. This is the second uh, fundraiser they have done for Guitars for Vets. And a portion of all the proceeds on Saturday from uh, their open 4 to 10 will go to Guitars for Vets. And we will have two of our um, team members out there from 6 to 8 
to give more information about, about Guitars for Vets or just, you know, talk about uh, connecting to veteran benefits or veterans in general that is uh, awesome. in our community. That so is awesome. We hope people will join us there as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, circle that on your calendar, put it on your calendar for tomorrow as part of your Memorial Day weekend uh, festivities. And also want to mention as we head into the summer season, you've got a, a project and it's not uh, ready to go yet, but you're going to be working on it throughout the summer uh, to honor uh, those in Hancock County who have served and sacrificed with their stories along the uh, scenic byway. Yes, this is really exciting. So Hancock County has a heritage trail that is, I I can't remember the number right off the top of my head. It's either 21 miles or 31 miles long. Uh-huh. Um, and this, uh, we are partnering with the Hancock County Parks District and the Hancock County Historical Museum to bring stories, and we're calling it the Story Walk. And so we will have um, signs posted along the Heritage Trail that will tell stories of veterans from Hancock County who have served in each war Um you know, who lived in Hancock County. So we got a grant from the Community Foundation, which is how we're paying for it. And we are, uh, this year, we'll be putting up the first four signs that will cover four of the wars. And I don't remember which four are being covered, but we will, um, we'll have a ribbon cutting um, sometime close to the end of summer. Okay. And then we will have an, we'll have an event in September where we will encourage community members to come out and partner with a veteran awesome. and walk a portion of the, the walk and tell their stories. Um, so this is a this is a very exciting project. Yeah, so it'll be going on uh, through the summer, we'll be putting those up. So uh, as folks are enjoying the Heritage Trail and they may see uh, this going up, uh, wondering what in the world is going on, well, that is what it is. Uh, that is what's happening. And yes. we certainly look forward to the uh, unveiling, the official unveiling uh, toward the end of the summer. Uh, but again, make sure that you make time this weekend to honor those who have sacrificed uh, this Memorial Day. A lot of things going on, uh, not just in Finley, but other uh, communities around uh, the area as well. And again, Nicole Coleman, the Hancock County Veterans Service Office. Uh, more details on all of this uh, at our webpage. We've got it linked up uh, to the uh, Veterans Service Office website. And Nicole, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. I do want to just remind everyone to check on your veterans, check on your uh, battle buddies this weekend. This can be a difficult weekend. If you know a veteran who is struggling, call 988, which is the national crisis line. You can call for the veteran or the veteran can call themselves. Do some battle buddy checks this weekend. Absolutely. Very emotional weekend. Nicole, we appreciate it. Thank you. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. The state of Georgia Department of Driver Services has issued a reminder for driver's license applicants. Wear clothes. (laughs) Now, this kind of sounded unusual to me when I first saw this. Wear clothes. Apparently, in the state of Georgia, and this is kind of interesting, Uh, applicants for driver's licenses can actually submit their own photos for their driver's license. You can take a selfie for your digital ID in the state of Georgia, and then you can put your virtual driver's license in your Apple wallet 
so that you don't actually have have to have a physical card, which I think is interesting. Or maybe it's you get a physical card, but you don't always have to carry it with you. Because I'm thinking if you go to the airport, you know, and I don't know that they accept just digital IDs as a substitute for a physical driver's license. I think it's a security thing. So anyway, uh, but for the driver's license in Georgia, you can submit your own uh, photo. And that has led to some, uh, I guess, inappropriate attempts (laughs) to submit photos for those IDs. Uh, In a Facebook post earlier this month, the Georgia Department of Driver Services asks citizens to keep things classy and take photos with their clothing on. The post says, quote, let's raise our virtual glasses and toast to the future, um, but keep it classy and wear your clothes. How much clothing? Uh, somebody asked, apparently. <laughs> no, exactly how much clothing you need. Um Uh, To which they responded, I feel like y'all are asking a lot in a vague way. (laughs) Um, I thought about this and uh, put clothes on just in case human review was involved, according to uh, one poster. So (laughs) wear clothes when you get your driver. That that seems I, I, I don't think that's an unreasonable request. You know what I mean? I mean, I think sometimes. You know, maybe uh, in the bureaucracy of things, they go overboard in in regulations and rules and all of that. But wearing clothes for your driver's license picture, that does seem like a reasonable request. Elsewhere in the broken news, (laughs) a Burger King in Florida. Did you hear about this? Burger King in Florida is being ordered to pay a whopper of a settlement. A judge has said the owner of the restaurant must pay $8 million to a customer who slipped and fell at his restaurant. The man suffered lower back injuries and needed surgery after falling on some foreign substance that was on the floor near the restroom, the Burger King restaurant in Hollywood, Florida. The lawsuit accused the restaurant of negligence for failing to ensure that the area And the floor of the business was free and clear of any hazards. And the judge apparently agreed the award is one of the largest slip-and-fall verdicts in Florida history. Eight million dollars slipped on the floor at uh, Burger King. That is a whopper indeed. By the way, speaking of uh, fast food stories, sometimes you don't have to go very far to find the uh, broken news. Did you hear about this? Uh, happened at a Wendy's restaurant in Toledo uh, on Lasky Road near Miracle Mile. Two individuals managed to turn a simple case of missing cheese on a chicken sandwich into a whole chaotic scene, according to police. The saga unfolded when an irate drive through customer, Jelena Stewart, Jelenia Stewart, disappointed by the lack of cheese on her crispy chicken delight, stormed into the restaurant, and without warning, launched a few Frosties on the unsuspecting employees, then continued her rampage, sending cookies flying and injuring a poor staff member who happened to be pregnant. Not seriously, so good news there. Uh, Not content with apparently... um, (laughs) uh, Apparently things escalated even further when uh, Jelenia's... Partner, one Dominique 
Ezel, apparently not content that she had gotten her point across, he joined in the fray, causing even more mayhem, damaging a cash register. Amid the commotion, uh, Ms. Stewart, with a minor, minor child in tow, decided to add hair pulling to her audacious uh, attack. She attempted to snatch an employee's phone, so she's now facing robbery charges, or attempted robbery charges on top of everything else. Uh, luckily, another quick-thinking staff member prevented the theft. Before making their final grand exit, Mr. Ezell made a final gesture, a last gesture of flinging the cheeseless chicken sandwich back into the restaurant. <laughs> Only minor injuries in the whole melee. Uh, Mr. Izell and Ms. Stewart find themselves uh, now facing robbery charges and uh, vandalism and I'm guessing a whole lot of other <laughs> charges as well for the entire escapade. That's... All because there is not cheese in her sandwich. I mean, I get it. I like cheese as much as the next guy, but I think I would. I would like to think that I could keep myself under control. I was missing cheese on my sandwich. <laughs> oh my goodness! For any restaurant employee who's ever complained about a customer griping to the manager uh, about a uh, that that seems rather mild. Comparatively speaking. So. <laughs> uh, you know, kids getting out of school. Last day of school uh, earlier this week for Findlay City School students. Other students uh, getting to the last day of class. And it's always kind of fun. In Liberty Lake, Washington on Thursday, uh, the kids at Selkirk Middle School had an unexpected visitor. A moose was, <laughs> was seen peering through the glass uh, at the uh, school, just checking everything out. Fortunately, the moose did not get inside. The school, however, posted a photo on Facebook with the caption, the Central Valley School District is where everyone belongs. Even moose. Uh, really not all that unusual to have moose in and around the Liberty Lake and Spokane areas, but <laughs> visiting a middle school, <laughs> a little unusual. And finally, in the broken news this morning... <laughs> a uh, man in Minnesota, this is uh, Duluth, Minnesota, a landlord allegedly set his own apartment ablaze while blasting the classic Billy Joel tune, We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> All right, then. You just wake up one morning and you're bored? I don't know. What is that? Neighbors say they were awakened to the sound of the classic 1989 tune. Uh, while the landlord was breaking things in his second-floor apartment. Uh, then he ended up setting it on fire to the tune of, we didn't start the fire, but he did. Uh, the landlord was eventually charged with third-degree arson and suffered burn injuries on his arm and legs. Weird. Just weird, but that's what we do. The broken news... That is your daily update to the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. This is Ed Vlance with OSU Extension. It's planning season. Drivers will be sharing roads with tractors and farm machinery. 
Be alert for slow-moving vehicles, especially on roads with limited visibility. Watch out for equipment pulling in and out of fields. Drivers and farmers, let's work together this spring to keep our roads safe and accident-free. This message from WFIN and 95.5 FM. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives with Memorial Day weekend upon us now. By the looks of a new survey, Americans intend to celebrate, but with one eye on their wallet. According to a new survey of 1,000 Americans by the website thevacationer.com, 64% say that they are going to travel this weekend. 60% say they will hit the road for Memorial Day weekend. About the same percentage are planning to have a barbecue or a cookout. That is certainly a traditional activity for Memorial Day weekend. Nearly 15% say they will attend their local Memorial Day parade. It would be nice to get that number up a little bit. Uh, 27, a little more than 27% say they're headed to the beach. 20% are going to the lake. And I would imagine this part of the country that might be (laughs) reversed perhaps, but 20% headed to the lake, 27% going all the way to the beach. More than a quarter of those polled will celebrate with fireworks. It is kind of interesting. I don't think a fireworks necessarily Memorial Day, more so the 4th of July, but okay. 10% will catch a movie over the holiday weekend. 7% will take in a sporting event in person, go to the ball game. Uh, by the way, I thought it was kind of interesting. 7% taking in a sporting event, that doesn't necessarily mean a professional sporting event. You know, maybe a youth baseball or soccer tournament over the weekend or whatever it might happen to be. So, uh, all of that being said, the backdrop on all of this is inflation and the fact that things cost more. And 65% of those in the survey say that their plans are being curtailed by the high cost of everything. They're scaling back a little bit. 21% say inflation is uh make having an effect on their road trip with uh, high gas prices meaning that the, maybe they're not traveling as far as they would otherwise but keep in mind i mean i know gas prices seem like they're way too high but it's about a dollar cheaper a gallon than it was last memorial day so uh, i guess you know small silver linings but 21% say inflation is going to take a bite on their road trip And uh, airfare also is going up, partly because of fuel prices and, of course, inflation, higher demand, fewer flights. So, uh, again, people scaling back a little bit. Maybe people are uh, driving instead of flying because of all of this. And uh, this was kind of interesting, maybe the, the most telling statistic as it relates to inflation's impact on our plans for Memorial Day. More than 30% say that inflation is making buying everyday items for their backyard barbecue or cookout too expensive. So again, we talk about that being the quintessential Memorial Day event, right? You're going to fire up the grill with friends or family. And again, 60, what is it, uh, 60% roughly say that that's what they want to do. But uh, 30% say inflation is making buying those barbecue fixins too expensive. I don't know what you make of all of that. So, Memorial Day by the numbers.
And now, of course, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio with another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen that are perfect for your Memorial Day weekend yes. party or any summertime gathering since we're into that time of yes. year now. Um, <laughs> this, is good, this is good stuff. Yeah. Um, this is good take-along oh, recipes. Yeah. That's a Definitely one of the reasons I was like, yeah, I'd do something like that. That you know, if they're going somewhere or if they're yeah, if you're hosting, hosting here and you yeah. just don't want to hosting at your place, don't want to spend yeah. hours and hours yeah. putting together. Yeah. Put uh, some, the menu. Throw something in the crock pot. And, <laughs> throw these yeah. together and yep. Uh, these are recipes that at least the main one here uh, is you know, one of those that probably will seem like it was much more complicated than it actually is. Yeah. Uh, it's not really that bad. Buffalo chicken roll-ups. Yes. So this is four tortillas, um, uh, 12-inch ones, mm-hmm. uh, one eight-ounce cream cheese softened, one one-ounce packet of spicy ranch dressing. If you don't want the spicy, that's fine. Um, you can just do regular. And that's just the mix. That's, that's not the actual the mix, the powder. dressing. Yeah. Correct. So the, the powder, powder is what yeah, you're going to use. Yeah, the seasoning. The, okay. Yeah, the mix. So two cups of shredded chicken uh, breast, uh, half a cup of sharp cheddar cheese, hot your hot sauce, uh, that's your preference. Yeah. As little as you want or, <laughs> or as, as much, much as, as you, you want. want. Yes. <laughs> One tablespoon of ranch seasoning. Um, so in a medium bowl, mix the cream cheese, the dressing mix, the chicken, the cheddar cheese, the hot sauce until all that's combined. Then spread a quarter cup of the mixture onto your tortilla mm-hmm. and spread into a thin layer. Um, if you have like a flat knife, um, you can or so you're gonna uh, cover the entire yes, tortilla. Yeah, you're going to spread it out uh, thin. Uh, start at one end and roll it up. Then with your saran wrap, kind of um, seal that up mm-hmm. with your saran wrap. If you want to roll your saran wrap after that, that's great. You know, get it nice and tight and sealed. Uh, let it refrigerate for about 30 minutes to an hour. Um you can even, if you want to make this the day before and put it and let it sit overnight, sure. that's fine also. Yeah. Then the next morning, uh, get it out, um, cut your slices, um, um, uh, probably about maybe uh, your preference. I would say I usually go about three-fourths of an inch or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're bite-sized Yeah, they're bite-sized. Yeah, yeah. You can make so them a little bit of, bigger if you want. But, yeah, yeah, cut your ends off. Those those you can munch on and try and say, ooh, okay, this was good. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just has a little bit of it, but not, you know, it doesn't look quite as pretty. Yeah. And then serve immediately or in chill until ready to serve. And there you go. The uh, buffalo chicken roll-ups. You don't, yep. have, to, don't have to reheat them. Uh, so no. So it's going to be cold right. chicken. Okay. Right. All right. Uh, let's see here. Could you reheat them, though? I mean, if you want to. Well, they're not warmer- heated. These aren't heated. They're refrigerated. Yeah. You don't heat them up or anything. You don't heat, nope. heat them up. Okay. Nope. All right. Nope. Uh, you've got uh, traditional baked beans in the crock pot. Yes. So, one 28-ounce can of baked beans, six slices of cooked bacon chopped, mm-hmm. um, half a sweet onion diced, quarter cup of ketchup, quarter cup of yellow mustard, quarter cup of brown sugar, two tablespoons of molasses, two tablespoons of minced garlic, and one tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce. Uh, Add all your ingredients into your crock pot, stir well, um, then cook on high for four hours or on low for eight hours and serve. That's it. That's it. This one is really easy. Really easy Yeah. Uh, for the uh, baked beans in the crock pot. And then for dessert... 
this sounds yummy. It yeah. is a banana split ice cream pie. Yeah, I know. I was- so <laughs> ice cream pies can be a little dangerous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because obviously they melt. Right. You got to do this rather quickly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so two cups of crushed waffle cone crumbs, um, about 10 cones, a quarter cup of brown sugar, and six tablespoons of butter melted. So that's kind of cool. Your crust. For the For the crust, yeah. you're actually using the waffle, waffle cone. cone. Yep. Cr- crumbs. Yes. Okay. So, so then for the filling, it's one 7.25 ounce uh, bottle of magic shell chocolate, one large banana sliced, one 40, 48 ounce container of uh, your Neapolitan ice cream. One cup of chocolate fudge sauce, spray, uh, spray canned whip topping, uh, your marchino cherries and chopped nuts. Okay. Uh, so then, in a large bowl, combine the waffle cone crumbs, sugar, salt, and butter. Press even evenly into a nine-inch uh, dish. Chill for about one hour. Uh, let the ice cream sit out. For at room temperature for about ten minutes, just enough to soften yeah. it. Obviously, yeah. you don't want it to melt, but right? Yeah. So while while that's out, then uh, line the bottom of your prepared pie crust with your magic shell. Uh-huh. So you're gonna the chocolate. Put your magic shell and kind of spread it around, and kind of it kind of does like a coating on top of the. Gotcha. And, okay. And let that set. Then add your bananas. Uh, scoop your ice cream over the bananas. Uh, using a spatula, kind of even out the topping. Mm-hmm. Uh, freeze for about an hour. So firm that back yep, up. Firm that back up. Then pour your chocolate fudge sauce over the top of your pie. Freeze for about fifteen minutes or until firm. So again, freezing. Yes, that. you're freezing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, top with your whipped cream. You can you can like smother it if you want, or you can <laughs> do like little pretty flowerettes on it and then put your marchino cherries on top of that however you want make it as pretty as want uh sprinkle it with nuts and if you want you know if you like sprinkles like your rainbow sprinkles you Mm -hmm. can do that too sprinkle that on there also very cool now it says here uh to store the leftovers in the freezer for up to two days right if you don't do the toppings if you're just doing well i guess you've got the bananas under there you don't want those uh too long i was gonna say if it's just the ice cream and the and the crust right if you did now, I mean, if you if wanted you to uh, to do this like ahead of time mm-hmm. and just keep it in your freezer, you wouldn't have to do the bananas. Yeah. You could put It'd the bananas just be an ice cream pie. Yeah, or you make could it, put the bananas on top. on top. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, was so, one of, like with your marchino cherries, you can you know yeah. decorate and obviously with your that would allow you to keep it keep longer, it longer. Uh, right. in there. But if you've got Correct. the bananas underneath, you don't right. want to keep it in the uh, no. freezer for long. No. So bananas and, will freeze for a little while, but. Yeah. Probably just a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, and then it's not that they will go bad necessarily. No. No. It's just that they won't be yeah. really good. Yeah. All right. So uh, an important point there, uh, yes. how you may want to adjust that depending on how long you want to keep it around uh, afterwards or how early you want to prepare it. The yeah. buffalo chicken roll-ups, the baked beans in the crock pot, and the banana... Uh, the banana split ice cream pie recipes are all posted on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, right? Yep, they're Find all there. Find them there at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN on Facebook. We also have that linked up at goodmornings.net. And my wife, Kyra, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage, that, of course, goodmornings.net. 
quick reminder, no podcast on Monday, obviously for Memorial Day. Also, we're going to take Tuesday off. No podcast on Tuesday morning. We're going to take a little extra R&R for the holiday weekend. So until Wednesday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out, make it a good day, a great weekend. Stay safe. We'll catch you back here next week.